Hello and welcome. Today we are talking about what happens to us after we die. And I want to start with a story that happened in the winter of 2019-2020. During that winter, I kept on getting this really strong feeling, just spontaneously manifesting in me, of um, gratitude towards this old friend that I hadn't spoken to or seen or been in any contact with for a number of years. This old friend, his name was Mike, and Mike and I were very close for a two or three year period in my mid-twenties, and um, we had a very special and unique relationship, which I hadn't thought about in years until this winter, 2019-2020, and um, Mike, he lived near me during a period when I lived in a cabin in the woods by myself, and he was about twice my age. I was in my mid-twenties, Mike was in his mid-fifties, probably, and um, and we formed this friendship where I would just spontaneously stop by his house um, several times a week, and he was always this incredibly warm, hospitable person, and we would just sit and talk to each other. It sounds so archaic, um, in a world where we usually text and it's so rare for me to just like drop by somebody's house at this point in my life. And even then it was a rare thing. Um, but yeah, we had this beautiful friendship of, um, incredible honesty and lightheartedness, uh, and this real kind of open hearted brotherly love that is such a rare thing to to experience and such a gift to stumble into throughout life. At the time, I don't think I understood just how special and rare my friendship with Mike was and what a sweet, um, welcoming, wise, gracious, accommodating influence he was in my life and, and how impactful that was, what a, what a fortunate person I was. Anyhow... I, all of a sudden, at the end of 2019, started getting these, I would be out for a walk by myself or just in a quiet moment, and I would just be overcome with gratitude and love and reverence for Mike. And I would just think to myself, damn, I gotta let Mike know how much I love him. And then I would um, proceed to get distracted or feel too shy to reach out and forget about it. And then a few days later, same thing would happen. I would just be overcome with this love and reverence and awe for what a beautiful soul Mike was. And then again, I would um, I would avoid re- writing that email or, or whatever and sharing my feelings, which I knew is like, damn, I gotta let him know what I'm feeling. This is so strong. And even at some point during that, a part of me was like, is Mike dead? And I don't know why I thought that, but I actually Googled his name and I Googled obituaries under that name and there was nothing. I was like, okay, no, I'm just feeling this love and reverence for him. And, uh, and one night in January, I uh, had a dream where I was walking through this field with my younger brother, 
and there was all of there was these trees that had been planted by a dead friend of ours and we were, were like remarking on how beautiful they were the, the legacy of this dead friend of ours and then at the end of the dream i was just writing a letter to mike and i woke up and i thought oh mike's dead i just somehow i just i guess my crass interpretation of that dream or the message that i kind of received from it was just oh mike's gone and then i got an email from my brother that morning who had been in the dream my younger brother telling me that mike was dead and uh and i felt a, a mixture of things i i felt the love and gratitude and awe that i had been feeling for the past month or maybe even two months by this point and uh and i also felt the um regret of not having listened and to myself and not having reached out i just couldn't believe not i it's not that i couldn't believe he died because in some way i think i must have already been receiving that message and i already began my grieving process which was that reverence, which was the like awe and appreciation and inner praise of this beautiful person and the blessing of their, their uh, impact on my life. I just regretted that I had um, received a, a message that I could say goodbye and I missed out on it. And I was kind of holding these two things the love and reverence, the grief of the loss, and then also the um, the regret of having not spoken to him. And I was going for a walk to a, a friend's house for a, a, a gathering of a few friends, like kind of ruminating on all of this, um, the night that I found out Mike passed. And uh, just as I was getting to my friend's apartment building and just feeling all of these feelings and uh, reflecting on the gifts of Mike and who he was, I uh, almost walked into a light post and I saw this clear graffiti scrawled on it that said, next time, listen to your gut. And it just felt like it, it cut through me. It was, it just felt like exactly what needed to be said to me at that moment because um, I hadn't listened to my gut and I regretted it at the same time I consoled myself um, knowing that Mike and I had uh, a very unique relationship in the sense that it felt like all of the love had been communicated we didn't hold that back, and so I felt very at peace in the sense that there was, it's not like there was any wall up or any unresolved resentment um, or anything like that. There was a love that had been, like, fully transmitted, um, but it, it was uh, definitely a, a big lesson for me to know to be reminded, to be shown that when I feel those big feelings of love, I have to say them. I have to share them because you don't know when that opportunity gets taken away. 
it's just so important to share the love when you feel it, to express it if it's there. I share that story not because it gives any real indication of what happens after we die, but it illuminates the fact that uh, for myself, the longer I've been here, the longer I've been living this life, the more I get touched by death, the closer I get to it, I guess. And, um, and the more that the question of what happens after we die becomes relevant, becomes important, because my concept of what happens when my friends die changes the way that I grieve their death. And my concept of what happens when my friends die, when my family members die, when I die, uh, not only does it change the way I grieve, it also changes the way I look at life. It changes the way I look at those losses. It's just an enormously significant existential question. And I will be fully transparent. I don't have a clear answer to what happens. I don't think there are many very clear answers as to what happens after we die. But I do think exploring that question is incredibly vital and fun and cool. And something that that story also illuminates is just, I feel like the longer I've lived, the more weird shit happens. And certainly experiencing people dying, and then, like, with Mike, these this interesting, like, empathic communication that happened around it. Like, what was going on when I could feel his presence after years of not connecting with Mike? Why is it that in the, the month or two that he was dying, I felt him so vividly? And I checked if he had an obituary. And then I dreamed probably the day that he died about his death without any information that he was ill or any like direct contact is it that we had a soul connection and so i could feel it that there was something happening to someone that i had this bond with it's definitely conceivable um it's hard for me to believe that that's just a like <laughs> to me the idea that that's like a coincidence and it could be stripped of any meaning or significance seems foolish it seems like a stretch uh it seems yeah and and the longer i live the more of these experiences i have accumulated that don't necessarily give me a rigid belief system around death and the afterlife but they certainly give me a kind of spiritual agnosticism in the sense that I don't know exactly what happens, but I feel like there's some kind of like spiritual dance that I am witness to and participant in. Um, and that's an experiential thing just based on living, seeing, feeling, and being like, man, there's some fucking interesting stuff going on here. This isn't just, like, what I thought it was. A year or two before Mike passed, I uh, had another friend pass away. And I, in the wake of their death, I went into this very intense 
period of grieving and solitude and existential questioning. I was so close to them and the death was, uh, it just shook my life and my reality so much um, that it sparked this part of me that just wanted to understand more. And uh, part of my process in understanding more about death than where my friend was now that they weren't here anymore involved reading as much as possible um on people who are experts in death like elizabeth kubler ross who wrote on death and dying and is a very i think influential and renowned um thinker who changed the concept of hospice care and and um, and a lot of uh, people's approach to death and dying, as well as I read um, like so many so many books on near death experiences, past life regressions, um, hospice workers, you name it, like hypnotists, like there was just a wide variety of literature that I just wanted to gobble up and see if there were universal threads that emerged that um, could give me some kind of sense of what might be going on for my friend who had passed away. And today I just wanted to kind of share the main emergent themes that I took from all of that reading and listening and learning that I've done so far. And keep in mind that I'm sharing this in a very kind of like, in the spirit of open-mindedness and curiosity. This is more in the spirit of asking the question, what happens to us after we die, than answering the question, this is what happens to us after we die. So in the spirit of curiosity and open-mindedness, these are some of the emergent themes that came out of all of that. So one of the most universal things that emerged through all those perspectives that I soaked up was the idea that death isn't real, that consciousness continues, the body dies and decomposes, but consciousness itself is something much, much more vast than this body, and that our experience exists far before and continues far beyond this vessel and this lifetime. The other thing that seems to be consistent throughout the, uh, the near-death experiencers is this idea of something called the life review, which happens uh, after somebody dies. There might be this like cool-off period that might meet up with old relatives or a religious deity from their culture. Um, and then people have this experience of a life review. Sometimes they'll be with people who they will describe as teachers or spirit guides or guardian angels or helpers, and they will watch, they'll witness their entire life in great detail. They will notice exquisite details that they may have been totally um, numb to during their actual conscious experience of this lifetime. But during the life review process, it's like all of the life was recorded. 
in vivid detail. And even whole chapters or experiences that weren't held in conscious memory or weren't given any significance or importance, they'll be recorded in vivid detail. In the life review, the person just gets to see that, witness it, and experience it deeply. Um, And I feel like a contemporary example that we have of that in uh, film or in our like pop culture is the um the story of scrooge or the christmas carol when scrooge gets taken by the ghost of christmas past to look at his life um you know from this kind of outside perspective and see how he has been closed-hearted and uh you know see in in the christmas carol uh Scrooge goes back in time and then he like sees his childhood and he sees how his father treated him and he sees the formation of his character and then he sees these crossroads of his life where he could have chosen a different path he could have chosen love innocence sacrifice selflessness and of course as the story goes he chose greed and self-absorption etc etc and the life review process sounds like some intense version of that. And usually what people describe is that they're with these spirit guides or teachers who don't judge, but they're like watching so closely that the person feels like, oh, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that to that person. And uh, they're evaluating their experience from this perspective of empathy and compassion and love and uh, and wisdom that we rarely hold as we walk through the mundane steps of our lifetimes. And one story that I remember through all of the reading that I did really sticks out. It was, I forget what the guy's name was. Let's call him John. It might have been John. Uh, but I don't know for sure. Um, but he had the experience of, it, it was like a, a near-death experience, and he had a life review. And during the life review, his spirit guides, which he described as the the uh, the beings that were kind of facilitating his life review experience, um, they were super excited about this one part of his lifetime in the life review. And I think John had been like a successful businessman. Like he had done things with his life that he was proud of. And the spirit guides were excited about this one moment. And the moment was this evening at a bus stop, some point in the middle of John's life, where there was this young woman who was really distressed. I forget if she was pregnant or homeless or somehow really down on her luck. And John just was kind to her. He gave her a little bit of encouragement or like a kind, they had a kind interaction. Um, and he may have made a, he might have like um, helped her in some small way, gave her some change or made a phone call for her or something. It was, there was nothing of great material significance in their interaction. But the, um, the spirit guides were like, this was it, man. 
This was the best moment of that lifetime. This moment when you were so nice to this woman who needed it so bad. And that moment, like, what she received in that seemingly mundane moment was so significant to her. The love that you transmitted to her was like, it changed her trajectory because she felt like a good person to somebody. And, uh, oof, can feel it. I can feel the tears. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyhow, and, and John had, he didn't remember this experience. To him, it was just some night at the bus stop. But in the life review, it was like this honorable, sacred moment of great beauty and strength and, and love. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I guess also, I guess that leads to another thing that emerged out of um, me soaking in all these perspectives, which is that it seems like there are some simple values that people get very rooted to when they die, when they have a near-death experience or when they're around death or when they're close to death. Um, and that that story about John at the bus stop kind of hints at it. It's that sense of the, the, the important thing in life is love, unconditional love, and not being afraid, not being stuck in shame, not being limited by one's inhibition. But the thing that matters most is just feeling love, expressing love, and, um, and being courageous about love. And, and a lot of people say that they just have this understanding that the whole point of the experience here on earth was to love was to be faced with the choice between um, resentment or forgiveness, between generosity or a closed heart, and um, to develop the courage and the fortitude to have that love, to experience love, to express love, to be honest, to be in integrity, um, very simple, very wholesome things. But I get that none of the things I've said so far actually even are related to the question of what happens to us after we die. Oh no, the life review is. And then that, that being grounded into these transcendent values, that is, yeah, there's a common sentiment that, that our lives here were about love and learning and growing as souls, and then that, that, that growth continues beyond the life. Uh, the soul could continue learning from this lifetime even after it's over. Same way that we here continue learning about relationships after the relationship ends. Or I, I, I learn about love even after people I've loved pass away. Like with Mike, I think about him all the time and I kind of like meditate on the gifts that I received from him. And, it, and a, a common refrain in people's uh, talks about the afterlife was that, yeah, there's this continuity of learning. You keep on learning after you die. You keep on studying that lifetime and then maybe you reincarnate into another lifetime that continues those lessons in different ways. 
I have a friend who had a, also had a near-death experience that was quite different from most all of the near-death experiences that I've read about or heard about in the sense that his near-death experience didn't involve any guides. All it involved was him all of a sudden being in this empty space, just complete emptiness. Almost indescribable in human work, in like, it's almost indescribable to the human psyche um, because there was just formlessness in a void. And he said there were just these explosions of silence, <laughs> which sounds like a contradiction. So there was just these explosions of silence and this emptiness and this energy. And he would think of a, a question would spontaneously come to him. And then there would be this spontaneous download of information about who he was and what the nature of life was. And there was like this complete absence of space and time and form and symbol, which um, I guess just gets at the, the fact that maybe our experience of the afterlife is different based on where we're coming from psychologically, emotionally, culturally. Um, the symbols that appear to us or don't appear to us um, that they might be very different depending on who we are stepping into that. However, the energy behind it might be consistent. You know, the, the thing that's being communicated, the communication of love and interconnection and um, learning and growth and all of these things, those seem to be common through lines in the many experiences that I've heard about. So I guess I'm not really effectively answering the question, what happens to us after we die? Because like I've already kind of alluded to, I do have a somewhat agnostic perspective on this myself. A big part of my own grief, or, or a big part of my grieving process as I've grown and life has continued and I've lost people more and more, um, has been learning about death and, and gaining perspectives and asking those questions, those big kind of mysterious existential questions about where are they now? What does this mean? Um, and so I do have a sense of life beyond life, no question. I have a sense that the people who I've loved that have died, I can still connect with. I have a sense that they're souls that continue beyond their bodies. And I have experiences that give substance to that. And I also know that that belief itself is life-giving, that it helps me move through my grief, and it helps me have some kind of connection to um, a sacred purpose through what would otherwise be kind of just complete existential confusion if death is just death. Like, to me, that doesn't work for my emotional constitution. 
However, I don't have a rigid belief structure. I have this kind of like wide-eyed mystical awe at it all and this sense of curiosity and openness and I do expect that I will continue to have extraordinary confounding beautiful experiences that stretch my mind open in new ways around what death is and and how life continues after death Having said all of that, having said that I don't have a rigid belief system, I definitely do believe that this body is not the beginning and end of the story of this consciousness. That just doesn't really land for me. Um, but everyone has their own experience, their own perspective. I think that's going to be all for today. This is a really fun subject, so I feel like I could go on and on about it. But uh, I think I'm going to leave it here. Perhaps. We'll explore it again from a different angle in a different way in the future. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, let me know. Give it a like or a comment if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can rate the show. I think you can review it on Apple Podcasts. You can reach out to me. I'm on social media. If you're interested in checking out my book, which does explore this in great detail, this theme... Um, it's called How to Open the Heart, and you will find information and links to it in the description. Until next time, I hope you have a beautiful week.